Welcome to the live stream. I'm going to wait for everybody to shuffle on in. All right. There's a Find seat right There's Find a seat right there. Via Common, Bienvenue, welcome. <laughs> What's up, Vince? What's Tyler? Up? I guess. We got Tim on the on the ones and twos. Hello, Tim. Boom, 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 boom. Oh, wait. That might be copyrighted. Scratch that. <laughs> Scratch that. Is that a pun? <laughs> How was everybody's weekend? Man. I'm, I was trying to think about what I did on Saturday. Sunday wiped me out so hard being on a boat. I didn't realize I was going to have to do so much work. I was tired on a sailboat. It was a great time, though. Beautiful time oh. out in the ocean. Oh, good for you, man. Okay. Um, uh, Saturday was my uh, niece's third birthday, so I went out to Sacramento and uh, hung out with the family out there for a bit. So, yeah, it wasn't quite as hot as um, it normally is in June in Sacramento, So, uh, but it'll right. get hotter for sure, so. You know, for low sure. 80s, nice breeze, great day, great day. For sure. Well, with that uh, uh, nice catching up with everybody real quick, um, let's jump into it. Uh, Vince, uh, let's start off with uh, some baseball scores. Uh, Oakland A's. All right. How, so, how the A's do? Not good. Not good, friend. <laughs> not good. Uh, they go to what else the They drop all three games of the three-game set. They lose 3-2, 7-6, and 6-1. Then they go to Toronto. They get the win on Friday, 5-4, and then proceed to drop the other two games of the weekend, 7-3 and 12-1. So uh, they are 20 wins and 60 losses. That is fifth in the AL West, dead last in the American League. This week, they come home. They're going to play three against the Yankees and three against the White Sox. Nice. Uh, and the San Francisco uh, Giants, how do, yeah. how do the uh, cross uh, so the day guys the, do? The Giants are still doing doing good, man. They're, doing they're hot good. right now. They're they're on fire uh, quite a bit. You know, it's a three. They they went three and one against the Padres at home. Uh, they win seven four four three four two, and then they lose the getaway game ten nothing. I don't know what the hell happened there to them, but the Padres woke up suddenly, and then they go to Arizona. They get two out of three games there. They win Friday and Saturday, lose Sunday. Uh, so they are 44 and 34. They're tied for second in the NL West. They have three games at Toronto and three games at the New York Mets. So uh, they're going to try to keep those winning ways going. They are, they're currently in the playoff spot. If the playoffs started today, they're one of the wild card teams, um, them and the Dodgers, uh, with Arizona being your NOS champions who had that, not us. I'll tell you that. I watched uh, the Sunday game of uh, Giants Diamondbacks, and you know I'm not tapped into Diamondback baseball, but man, they look really—they're a very athletic, fast team. Um, their outfield was was flying around, um, and even the Giants from last year to this year, I think that was like the number one thing that was like really obvious was the giants didn't look like an athletic team. All of these, the youth movement for the giants, they look way more athletic this year, a lot more speed. Um, the A's, I mean, God, (laughs) you know, their youth movement. We knew the youth movement was coming in because they, they just stripped everything down to the studs, um, or more like the foundation. There's nothing on that team really. Um, but they got a lot of speed, a lot of athleticism. It's, it is, I do have to say it, uh, when I do get a chance to watch baseball, uh, it it's cool to see the athleticism in the sport. I love seeing the stolen base. Um, so I do love seeing all that. 
Uh, what'd you guys think of this call? Uh, got a lot of talk. Uh, there was, I think two calls, uh, with the giants about the, the replay. And then, uh, the giants caught a break where, um, one of their players, uh, was coming around, uh, or oh. the, the Dodgers was coming around third and then he was, uh, called out. Um, I, I don't know about this actually. Oh, you know what I'm talking about, Tyler? Yeah. We're, it was, the guy was out by a mile. It and... wasn't even close. And um, are you talking about the one where they, they said he blocked the plate? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It wasn't even close. It was, it was a Bush league call, in my opinion. Um, and then, are you, and then the other one I'm assuming you're talking about is the balk. The replay the where they said it got the glove touched his hat. Yeah. <laughs> like, how can you see that? No way. Yes. I mean, he was out by a country mile. I, I don't understand what is the point of having replay and having, you know, a dedicated place in New York to look at replays. If you're not going to get the call, right. That was, that was stupid. Yeah. What a waste of, of, of time and, and, and waste of resources as a fan. Yeah. With the home I mean, plate, with the home plate one, um, I know we were kind of at this point because of what happened with uh, Buster Posey a few years, you know, many years ago. 2011. Now. Yeah. About um, a dozen years. You know, so they, they have this Posey rule. Um, but I think that's actually a terrible name because Buster Posey was not an advocate of changing the game. Like he didn't want to change the rules. Baseball went ahead and changed the rules. Um, and it's a terrible rule change. You know, it, that's probably a rule that we should get rid of again. And, you know, allow collisions at the plate uh, because that was a bullshit call. (laughs) Yeah. So basically, Vince, what happened was that they said that he was blocking the plate. He wasn't. There was a wide open area. Yeah. So uh, he tagged him and the guy slid an extra like two, three feet and then, you know, finally touched home plate. So he was out by a mile. The the balk was ridiculous only because that gave a tying run. In like near the end of the game, that was ridiculous. So, I don't know what they're doing. They've been getting they've been getting replay calls wrong for fucking ever. I mean, as A's fans, we saw the brunt of it with fucking Angel Hernandez, you know, taking away a home run. Uh, like what was that five years ago, six years ago, something like that. Uh, yeah. yeah, in like 2018, yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've they're... seen that's the worst of it, but I mean, we've seen plenty of those calls go the against what is an obvious decision one way they call it the other way and even with replays so uh, it's just frustrating i'm sure um you know out of all the leagues don't you think mlb does like the worst job with their absolutely like they don't answer to the media there's no like there's no information there's no data there's just if you if you blink at the umpire wrong if you challenge him on anything, like, I don't know, are you sure that's a strike? Get the fuck out of here. You're out of the, the game. The only <laughs> thing you get is an ump scorecard, which tells you how correctly they called balls and strikes and uh, how efficient uh, yeah, they were. Yeah, and that's 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 a computer-generated thing on Twitter, too. So, I mean, it's yeah. not even, like, officially sanctioned by MLB. That's somebody just gathering statistics on their own and plugging it into a machine. So that's not even MLB-sanctioned, you know? I yeah. mean, Jesus we got a uh, yeah um, on YouTube. It's Trash Panda <laughs> says you talking about the Houston Bach. I believe that's the the Bach we're talking about. Um, there was there was a lot going on this weekend with MLB uh, umpires. 
there was quite a few like balls and strikes and some stuff that was like being argued and then they just had zero tolerance for it. Um, I just think MOB is doing a really bad job with their, with their officials. Like we're going to get into the A stuff and the sell the team stuff and all that, but you're coming into the season there. There's like some excitement, right? You got these rule changes, you got the clock, people are excited about what's going on in the game. And then immediately you just like shoot yourself in the foot. You got the A stuff. You know, you got some other stuff going on with other teams, bad official, you know, bad umpiring, um, zero tolerance. You can't, you can't look at them the wrong way. Otherwise you're out, uh, earlier in the year, there was, um, was it art? Somebody was arguing with another player and the umpire thought it was being directed at him. So then he kicked out that, you know, this person and it's, it's like, I'm talking to the player. I'm not talking to you. And then he kicked out the, uh, the manager for defending his guy um it's just it's just a really bad look like sometimes you got to let the guys play and some of that some of that trash talk and and beef is is good for sports it makes it interesting well how about the uh the, the spring training one i think it was um who's the catcher for uh the, the phillies um anyways he put his hand out to get the ball from the umpire Oh but yeah! But the umpire didn't put the ball in his hand right away, so he took his hand away. So then the umpire dropped the ball, and the umpire felt disrespected. Or so the the A's game out. just the other day. The A's game just the other day. I think it was uh, Diaz was mm-hmm. was out of the box, and the the it's the fi- it's two strikes. Okay, it's the final out, final strike of the game. He's looking at the umpire, and he he's verbalizing something. And we're, we're taking a guess here, but it sounds like it looks like he was saying. I'm going to take a second to step into the batter's box, right? So he steps into the batter's box and the umpire acknowledges it. You see the the umpire do a, a head nod. So then like, you know, he takes a couple practice swings and then he steps into the box and then the umpire calls, calls a strike. You're out game over. Like, that was yeah. JT rail Muto, the catcher uh, earlier. Uh, thanks Daniel for that. Um, he also said, uh, FIFA said, hold my beer. And, um, FIFA, when they do replays for offside, sometimes offsides, they just cannot like get a good enough angle to justify decisions that they make for sure. So um, that's a, that's a good call. Uh, as yeah, well. absolutely. So uh, moving on from uh, umpires, uh, we do want to touch base a little bit on uh, what's going on with the A's in Las Vegas. Um, there's a, there's a pretty big event coming up. Um, A's and Giants fans are organizing another event titled unite the bay it's going to be july 25th at oracle park um so it's really cool to see that the the region and the community of baseball is coming together and uh bringing attention to what's going on with the a's um and this is something it's not just about the a's um we're starting to you know colorado is leaking oil so now there's a sell the team with um the colorado rockies logo um, because Colorado, the ownership in Colorado is doing the same thing to the Rockies. Now, Colorado is, they stripped their team down to the studs, not very competitive. Um, pretty soon, Arizona is going to be asking for money for a ballpark. We know what's going on in Milwaukee, Tampa Bay. Um, we see what's already happened with Pittsburgh and, and um, the Miami Marlins, where they got new stadiums and they don't really keep their teams competitive. This was the first time in a few years that Pittsburgh was competitive. And now they've kind of regressed um, and they're, they're falling in the standings. Um, so it, it is 
really nice to see that the baseball community is coming together. Um, I've been on Twitter quite a bit following what's going on. Um, and it's been really nice to have, uh, um, giants fans, you know, support ace fans because the, I, I think we would all agree that the, the Bay area is better when it's a two sport, you know, market, when we had the Raiders and we had the 49ers and we have the A's and we have the giants. It's a great time of year. You know, it's a great summer when both teams are really good. You know, it, it's awesome. You know, it, it's a lot of fun. I don't, I'm not a Giants fan, but I was happy that they won those World Series. You know, I was, I was happy for those fans. I got friends who were Giants fans. Uh, of course, I'm like, I wish it was us, but I'm happy for them. Um, so the silver lining is I am really glad um, that we're, you know, that we're uniting the Bay. I would just say, you know, we talked about this last week about the reverse boycott is, you know, as an Ace fan, be a, be a good guest you know, you're a guest and, you know, no trash on the field, no nonsense, you know, no BS, you know, mind your P's and Q's. Uh, I, unfortunately I won't be able to go to the game. I will be at the, both games, uh, A's and giants, uh, when it's in Oakland. So I'll be at those games. Um, so I know there's probably going to be another event, uh, for those games. Um, but it's just really nice to see, uh, just to reincorporate you guys, you guys got anything to add to this, uh, a's and giants uh bit no i mean like i have a giants fan who's already reached out to me and unfortunately i, I don't think i'll be able to make uh the oracle one um a couple prior engagements for me on that one but um i will definitely try to make it to one of these i mean i think more or less what i'm looking at it too is it might be the last time that uh we get to see it yeah Bay rivalry. So yep. um, that's another reason why I'm very interested in going. Uh, Daniel's point too about the uh, Colorado Rockies uh, doesn't help when you give up 28 runs. I will let you know though <laughs> that the Rockies gave up what 32 runs and the Angels gave up 10 runs and Rockies won that series. Yeah. <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. It's, um, yeah. Ridiculous when something goes off the wheels like that in one game so bad like weird shit like those stats happen that's it's it's kind of fun it is yeah. kind of fun it's the odd the oddities of baseball red leather yeah. yellow leather red leather. <laughs> get those tongue twisters buddy that's right that's right Just don't uh, say museum we do not talk about museums on this show definitely we not talk museums about the, in the zoos City area. <laughs> um Real quick, guys, uh, I was following this on Twitter. So there's this uh, Twitter account, uh, Vital Vegas, that's been, I don't want to say an ally, but, you know, it's been leaking a lot of information from the Las Vegas side. And a lot of it has come true. There's been a lot of uh, truth out of, the, out of those posts. Um, so today there was a, a tweet going around that Vital Vegas was reporting that the A's move to Las Vegas is still 50-50, even though that they passed all this legislation. None of the legislation says anything about the AIDS. It just says an MLB team. Um, and that the Tropicana site is probably less than 20% because it's just too small. <laughs> it's just too small. Local community doesn't want to support it. Um, so it totally sounds like what what we've been speculating, and I think what most A's fans have been speculating, is that Las Vegas just kind of sh- you know jammed this thing through to show MLB that we're willing to do anything to get a team here. Um, and, you know, we just saw Chapman again, uh, you know, last week he came out in support of the Oakland A's. 
um, Matt, uh, Matt Olson had a very, um, an, uh, he had a very interesting interview, uh, last week as well, uh, where he basically had, you know, he played politically correct, but he talked about ownership, you know, that they're just, they're not going to invest in the team. You know, they're, they're not going to field a good team. They're not going to offer contracts. And during that time, that was something that we were talking about it. it and it was also on Twitter was Eric Chavez is still the, was it still the largest contract mm-hmm. in AIDS history? So the, but John the highest Fisher, dollar contract, the highest dollar at value. What? 70 million, 75 million, 66, 66 million. History, yeah. In AIDS yeah. history, six years, 66 mil in 2004. And, and he didn't take over the team until 2005. Yeah. So John, it, that wasn't even a contract issued by John Fisher. Yeah. John Fisher's, so the, we, we said his biggest contract was Billy Butler's at three years, 30 mil free agent wise <laughs> free agent. And then the, um, the, the, the extension to Chris Davis mm-hmm. uh, was, which turned out to be a under, year and a half. Yeah. Still under 50. <laughs> like right. uh, he, he has not given any contract of any, worth to anybody of any value the best really. one though is marcus simeon's 10 years one million dollars each <laughs> yeah it, it was the one year for 12 but then he wanted to spread out the one million dollar payments over 10 years no right Get out of here yeah, yeah. that's I my favorite one so, so people who don't know uh when marcus simeon was a free agent uh john fisher offered wanted to offer marcus simeon a one-year deal spread out over 10 years for 12 was it 12 million 10 it was 12 million, million so you'd pay the 2 million up front and then pay 1 million per year for the next 10 years after the fact that's what he offered a guy who was a, a finalist for the AL MVP he took uh, what, the he centerpiece took 18, he took 18 million something like yeah. that yeah it was like 18 or something like that um yeah so he he did not offer him a serious contract at all and but you know it's an embarrassment i i was embarrassed like like john fisher embarrassed me a lot but yeah this was a different ownership group but it was when miguel tejada was a free agent and they had the press conference where billy Bean was up there saying i'm not gonna insult him with a contract offer yeah Mm -hmm. thanks but no like can you like who the fuck does that you're of a, a major sports franchise and you hold a press conference that says, you know what? This dude's a fucking MVP. He did everything we asked him to do, but yeah, we're not going to offer him a contract, but we are going to have this press conference for him. Like, you know, like, <laughs> like just how crappy this, the, this franchise has been ran for decades. And to mm-hmm. say that there isn't a fan base is just, it's insane. It. MLB has allowed this and you know, MLB welfare has allowed this, you know, where's all the money? Where's all the welfare money that John Fisher has been collecting. It's probably you going know? to what Daryl's saying. It's probably going to uh, his art collection, which is worth $1 billion apparently. Oh, absolutely. His, his mom's mommy's hmm. art collection. Mommy's. She owns all that shit. Um, yeah, yeah man, I saw it- his name on a couple of plaques at the uh, SF zoo. Uh, also a couple weeks ago when I went. Yeah. I saw I, the I saw the Fisher family name, not right, necessarily John yeah. Fisher, but yeah. And yeah, you know, Daryl's talking about Manfred. Um, you know, he reiterated his comments again about um, you know, one night isn't enough uh, you know, to show 
the support that the, the MLB a franchise needs, um, you know, which is just total bullshit. Vince, you went through the numbers. You went team by team mm-hmm. and looked up every Tuesday game this season. Yeah. Through. Calculated the averages. Yep. And that average of MLB was right. 24,000. Um, well, the, the, yeah, it was, it was 24, it was a little over 24,000. And, and the this A's, is for just Tuesday nights. And the A's drew almost 28,000. They, the they numbers cleared were, it by the almost 4,000 officially. But the numbers were 24,086, and the mm-hmm. A's did 27,759. And, and we already talked about that the A's count is low because they stopped counting in like the beginning of the fourth inning. Right. And there were still people coming in in the seventh. So uh, we know was, that that number is undercounted. Right. There was people stuck in the parking lot um, because there was also a, a concert. Uh, there was a you know pretty cracking concert. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Twice was shout, playing uh, <laughs> like in the arena next door. Uh, shout out twice. Shout out twice. Big K pop fan over here. Um, yeah. It's not true. Uh, my <laughs> girlfriend is though. <laughs> uh, you know, so there were still people trying to get into the ballpark. Um, we were there there. I've been to the Coliseum hundreds of times. That was, that was a 30,000 seat stadium. That was 30,000 people in the stadium. Easily, easily 30. So to say it was 27, 28,000. Nah, there, there was 30,000 people in there. Um, we've been there. We've all been there hundreds of times. We know what 30,000 people looks like at the Collie. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I look forward to doing another event. Um, at the Coliseum, there are, there's still a lot of work to do. Um, there's been a lot of movement on the Moneyball Act. Um, so we're going to be getting some updates later this week. Um, so the city council is going to be moving forward with their suggestions and recommendations. Um, and that was, that was being, um, reported by, you know, that information is coming out from vice mayor, uh, Kaplan. Um, surprisingly, this Moneyball Act is being supported uh, by Marco Rubio of all fucking people in Florida. Yeah, and, yeah broken clocks and whatnot. Yeah, I did, not, I did not see that happening or see that coming down the pipeline. Um, I think that's I think that support is happening because Rubio probably sees something coming down the pipeline in Florida with Tampa Bay. Um, so I, I think he he's looking out at that. Um, so I hope our politicians, our our legislation can continue to work with. Uh, other cities, other states, uh, to move this thing forward because it it's not like, of course I'm an ACE fan, but it's not just about the ACE fan. It's about MLB being MLB is not losing money. Like when you see an empty stadium, MLB is still making fucking money. The ticket sales is at the bottom of the list in what creates revenue. It's that's not their number one revenue ticket anymore. And that's when you, that's a false belief to think that when you see a sold out stadium, that's like their main revenue thing. It, their revenue is through streaming. Streaming is in multiple countries. Um, you know, the ratings for baseball are as a global thing. And it's the same for the NBA, same for the NFL, same for, you know, FIFA. It, it's a global market now. And MLB is making a lot of money on ratings, streaming, uh, memorabilia. That's why there is revenue sharing there. No team is losing money. 
Um, all teams' valuation are, are, are going up, up, and up. Um, so I'm just really glad, again, to, to put this uh, this bit to, to bed is, uh, you know, the baseball community is coming together and shedding some light on this. So, all right, guys, any final thoughts on uh, the Oakland A's bullshit uh, move to Vegas? I just want to know who you guys think will be the uh, A's uh, uh, inaugural all-star that they have to usher in. Oh, Rooker. There's definitely going to be one all-star. It's probably Rooker. Yeah. I mean, Ooh, you can I don't more think it's going to be Rooker at all. I you think don't. it's going to be uh, Estuary Ruiz, the the steel leader. Okay. Well, if still I had an to outfielder. Guess. It's not going to yeah. be a pitcher. So, uh, no, won't be a pitcher. <laughs> it won't be any pitcher on this team. Uh, <laughs> definitely won't be uh, uh, Shintaro. No, no. I mean, so like Ryan Noda has a very, very outside case, I think, to be the guy. But I think. Yeah. I think it's probably Rooker, but then like Estuary Ruiz would be like one B, I guess. Um, yeah, I, I think it's Rooker because he's been the most consistent. He leads the team in RBI and home uh, runs. Home runs. Um, I think he's like third in batting average. Uh, nobody hits for average on this team, so yeah. he's third with like two forty, two forty two or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but Estuary Ruiz, I mean he if he gets this batting average up a little bit, I mean, he looks like a legit ball player. A, he just needs to get on first base. <laughs> I saw a crazy stat with Reese. They showed like a shot or a, a spray chart, right? Everything is down the line. There's like maybe two hits in like the gaps. So he's literally a pull and push pit, uh, hitter. He's like taking every model that the old Japanese players used to do back in the day, like the Ichiro Suzuki's and just slap it. Down the sides, and that's how he gets his doubles and triples, and that's it's how he called gets on base. Apo taco. I don't know. If you want to call no it a taco? <laughs> <laughs> Every time I hear an announcer saying "going Apo taco," like, that doesn't. What does that even mean? It's, it's, it's it rhymes. <laughs> it's it's some uh, Dallas Braden uh, frat boy nonsense, but uh, they're having fun, so whatever. You mean you mean all aboard? All aboard the next pound town stop. Pound, pound town. town. I fucking hate pound town. It's so. It's so stupid. It's so it's stupid. Favorite. That's I hate favorite. it, but whatever. <laughs> They're having fun. You don't I, don't I, diss the two oh nine. I'm not I dissing think... the two oh nine. I'm just saying. I think Pound Town is a silly, silly name, and they're That's just what trying they to say in yeah. the two oh nine. Everybody in the two oh nine says that. Yeah, because yeah, like Dallas Braden. <laughs> Dallas Braden said it uh, on TV once, and then it kind of <laughs> took off from there. I, I um, think the reason why I want Ruiz though, because I think it'd be fun. To watch him and uh, uh, Ellie Ellie De La Cruz, uh, the kid for the Reds, who's like lightning mm. fast. The kid yeah. ran in a gap. Okay, Sam. He went from home to third on a triple in ten point five seconds. Yeah, that lightning. dude can fly. Yeah, that, that is dude can lightning. Fly. It would be fun Jesus. to just watch those two guys get on base and just see what kind of havoc they can wreak in an All Star game. That yeah, would yeah. be like a that would be like a fun uh, uh, like a skills challenge like. You got to get a like, you fake like a basis to yeah, fastest to triple or something yeah, <laughs> yeah like something like every that. owner would absolutely never sign up for it. All they need is her guy to pull a hammy trying to see yeah, how fast no, they right? get to third. Yeah, <laughs> just maybe even just a race from uh you know home home plate to first or yeah fastest you know, down the line or something yeah, yeah something like that. All right, guys, let's move on to the second biggest. Uh, event for us as as uh, sports fans uh the nba draft uh the golden state warriors oh my god 
I know uh, Tyler, he was really excited for this. And yeah. it finally, <laughs> it's finally here. I don't know. We we said this. I don't know why. I, excitement is not how I would have said it. But you were excited. So unpack all this for me because I, I just want to hear it. Well, I haven't talked to you about this. Let's start with, with what led before the draft. Okay. We, we got to pull that bandit off because that kind of set the tone for me as to what I was not going to expect in the draft. Um, obviously, the big news being is that Jordan Poole got offloaded, was traded to the Washington Wizards for Chris Paul, a 2030 protected first round, a 2027 second round pick. PBJ uh, and Ryan Rollins also got traded to Washington. So with that happen, any idea that I had of what the Warriors may draft in my mock draft ideas went out the window. I had no idea what they were going to draft. So when they drafted Brandon Pudzinski at 19, I was like, who? I don't know who this kid is. Um, shame on me. He went to Santa Clara. I probably should know somewhat about local sports, whether it be St. Mary's, you know, it's Santa college. Clara. It's fine. You don't have to pay attention. It's fine. I Nobody ended up looking the kid up. Got college. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was, I was a little upset about it because it didn't make sense to me why we got another guard. Um, especially seeing as how we traded for Chris Paul. I wasn't really understanding that situation um, with Steph Curry, Chris Paul, and then Brandon Pazinski. And then you got to look at it. Okay. Dante's probably going to leave in free agency. You just unloaded Jordan Poole. Um, are you really going to pick anyone else from the G League team to be like the, the the third point guard? Probably not. So I guess it makes sense. Um, I started looking to the kid. He led all of Division One basketball in unassisted three-pointers made, um, which means two things. He makes smart shots. Uh, he's smart with the ball, and he can also create his own shot. Very good at a step back, uh, mid-range, three-point line, doesn't matter. He's, he's got a pretty good uh, step back into it. Uh, he makes smart decisions with the basketball. He can pretty much lead. He can get a triple-double any night he wants to. Um, and I I get where, you know, Dunleavy is going. He wants those kind of gritty, um, hard-nosed kind of players. And Brandon is one of those kids. He's a point guard but he'll stick his nose in there and go get a rebound. He's kind of like Steph Curry. He just has a nose for where the ball is going to land and always gets, you know, high uh, rebound numbers. Um, the kid I'm so most on draft excited night, for, On draft night, you were not happy with the draft pick. It sounds like not. you've kind of – sounds like you're kind of coming around to the guy or, or yeah. how, do, how do you feel right now? Um, I think Brandon Pudzinski is, is probably going to get some starting minutes this year. Um I, like I said, with Poole gone and with uh, uh, Dante probably leaving, I think he's going to get some minutes into it. Uh, I don't know how much. Uh, you know, Steve Kerr is kind of always the guy that doesn't really like to play the kids. We've known this. To, well, to be fair, the kids that he's had to play, that, that he's had on the team to play, have by and large been not that great. Like, they've just been misses. You know, uh, Looney's the only yeah. one that isn't that the Warriors have drafted while while Kerr has been here that hasn't been a whiff. You know, I mean, yeah, I think I, about Patrick I would argue McCaw that, and uh, just, well, just down the list. You know? Patrick McCaw is an idiot in his own right, but can't believe that kid won two rings, one with Toronto as well. But anyways, um, I, I think Moody is a great pickup player well i'm not uh i'm not talking about i guess the last draft but like up until um kaminga and moody like every sure. player before those two 
because those two they're still on the team there's still there's still upside there's still a chance for something to break loose and i think moody's a lot closer to doing that than kaminga at this point but we still we we can still see yeah um, well lo- speaking of looney this this kid we picked at 57 trace jackson davis um dale davis's boy yeah dale davis's boy and also uh damon bruce's uh wild card pick i watched yeah. a podcast that he did and he was like i'm hoping to get this kid and then we ended up getting kid late at night and he did an emergency podcast to talk about it uh yeah he, he was hyped for it um, super hyped yeah he's, this, he's really excited about this pick and this that dude is, follows big 10 basketball so yeah, he uh, does <laughs> yeah yeah he this kid though trace jackson davis this kid is your uh he, he's your loony he's your loony replacement with athleticism and two good knees and a good hip um, this kid could jump out of the building. He's not shooting literally. Literally, he could <laughs> jump out of the building. Mm-hmm. Look out, Wembenyama. Um, no, he could dunk it. He's passing the ball around out of the post. I think he's going to be kind of like that Draymond Looney, where they can get deep into position and be able to find shooters uh, because he's not really a shooting threat himself. Um, but he can drive to the hoop and he's very athletic around the rim as far as like acrobatic layups that you can see from certain players. Um, I think Trace Jackson Davis will be the kid that will impact now. I think he will be playing and getting lobs from Chris Paul. And I think that's another band-aid that I we should rip off. How are you guys feeling about Chris Paul being on your team? Financially, I, I get it. Um, yes. Jordan yeah. Poole uh, was going to be four more years Chris Paul is only going to be one more year. So it helps on that end. It, 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 it basically frees up cap space to be able to re-sign Clay next year um, and to be able to maybe possibly keep Draymond this year if he, uh, if he does end up staying. Like it, it does free up that space for, that, for those moves to happen. So maybe all three of them can retire as Warriors, you know? I mean, who knows? But that, 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 that's kind of the goal at this point, right, is to – you know, you want to keep this window open with those players as long as possible. And Chris Paul definitely does that. He'll help. He's going to help win some games. Um, I'm not thrilled about the move. That being said, uh, he's, he's a little too past his prime. I think Um, he definitely doesn't play the same style. He's a lot, it's a lot lot more uh, slower uh, type action with Chris Paul. So maybe that's just, maybe that's the plan is uh, it's just going to be a lot of, um, you know, uh, lobs for dunks with like three seconds left on the shot clock. Uh, yeah, yeah I think maybe that's the play. And, um, uh, you know, maybe a change of pace helps, um, you know, you, you automatically game plan. You automatically can scratch off four turnovers per game. Yeah, automatically. He's he, he's a lot. He's a lot more secure with the ball. Um, he knows what he's doing a lot more. He's a veteran presence. And we did talk about Steve Kerr not trusting rookies, whether it was for because they they, they don't deserve to be trusted or he just doesn't do it. That's, you know, that's, that's the track record. So uh, yeah. Chris Paul is a trusted ball handler and that'll help a lot as well. Yeah. I agree with you guys. I, I think it's, um, you know, with Curry on the floor, Curry can, you know, you, you're super small if you have both of them on the floor, but Curry can play off the ball. Um, so he can run around and, and Chris Paul and Draymond could be the decision makers and, and make plays happen. And then with that second unit, I think that's kind of their thinking is, can this unlock, uh, Kaminga and Moody and, you know, these other younger guys that are on the roster, um, just having somebody, you know, 
not turning the ball over, being patient, letting plays develop, things like that. Um, I don't, I don't really necessarily dislike the deal, but I don't like the deal. I I'm indifferent. I guess I see both sides of the argument. Um, I'm in more of like, we got to wait and see what it's going to look like. Um, I, I think it's sad. I, I think really what I feel bad about is I feel bad for Jordan Poole because he, he was the one that got punched in the face. You know, he, yeah. you know, he was the one that got punched in the face. He's the one getting traded. He's the, you know, he went MIA in the playoffs. He's getting all the shade thrown his way. You know, if you're listening to any, um, you know, sports talk radio or, or on Twitter, there's a lot of fans that, put the blame on him and it just seems like Draymond just kind of got away with it, you know, and is potentially being rewarded with a new contract. Um, so I do feel bad in a, to a certain extent uh, for Jordan Poole, but I'm not going to feel too bad for somebody who's going to be making $30 million a year or whatever he's going to get. Um, you know, but Jordan Poole's getting everything that he wants. He's going to be the guy, um, you know, on his own team. Um, I do think there possibly could have been a better deal out there, but I don't think the Warriors I, having a one-year contract um, with Chris Paul and Chris Paul gives you the ability to, you could trade him again in January um, or in his, the second year, it's a non-guaranteed contract. So you could bring him back if you want. If he plays well, well, you could bring him back, or you can trade him and get rid of him. So it gives he's you going to be he's going to be a salary dump, though. The reason why he's going to be a salary yeah. dump is because once Chris Paul is off the books, and let's say Draymond signs in at a contract friendly, you know, deal for the Warriors, the Warriors can finally—it's been three years—be able to use an MLE, a mid-level exception. They have not been able to use one because they're so high on the salary cap. So there's no way Chris Paul is going to come back because they need to get a talent and right now clearly they need a big man right they need another one i mean trace jackson davis going to start or in that start but play uh but are you really going to rely on two guys and looning him being the same height to be your centerman for the whole season like i don't know if that's going to work you know i i don't know if you're going to rely on a rookie to pick up the slack for for looney and you know looney's been an iron as far as like being able to play every single uh, game for the last two seasons but is that going to happen a third time like I don't want to rely on that I want to be able to make sure that Looney can get the help that he needs I don't need him to play you know extensive minutes I need him to play minutes when I need him the crucial times the big games the playoffs things like that um, and they can't they can't get anyone they can only get someone who was going to do a veteran minimum and you look out there like I said Kevin Love is probably my best option if I'm going to pick someone but there really isn't any big man that's going to sign a, a, a veteran minimum um, given the talent that's out there and the money that's out there for, for big men, big men are highly sought after. And um, I don't know what the Warriors are going to do. Yeah. It's, you know, we talked about this a couple times uh, the past couple of weeks, like how the Warriors are, are going to move on. And I think we all talked about it where, you're probably you're probably the best bet is probably you have a farewell tour with all three of them retiring, hopefully on the same year, um, which hopefully. is, you know, it's kind of like scary to see all all of all three you got to replace over you know the next season, 
But I, I really see this as them probably retiring together and then seeing Steve Kerr probably leave too. Um, and then just starting a new, I don't think Steve Kerr would come back with like a young team. Um, I, we still got no news on what's going to happen with Steve Kerr's contract. So as far as I know, right, he's still, he only has the one year left on his deal. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. He's, he's, right? he's got one year left. Um, I don't know if anyone does, if, if they've shown him a contract extension or anything like that, but, uh, I think he's weighing it too. I mean, he's had those back problems and, you know, I know he's not playing, but it's still taxing to be a head coach and to do that for a longevity of a season, you know, game planning every night probably doesn't really get to spend as much time with his family as he would like, you know? So I'm sure he's probably going to mull if he even wants to stay after this season too, to be honest with you. Yeah. There's a long way to go, but do you see this, this current constructed warriors team as a, as a, a contender pretender? How do you see him right now? Uh, they're a playoff team. I can't say anything more than that at this yeah. point. Um, they, I need to see how how they fill out the rest of the roster first, and um, if, how if how these Draymond pieces work back. together. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, is, if, is if Draymond, Draymond does not come back, I I think you got an outside fighter's chance because you know Steph and Clay are, have been there, done that. Same right. with Chris Paul, uh, yeah. as far as playoff experience goes. Uh, but if Draymond doesn't come back, uh, it's gonna be tough. Yeah, it's gonna be real tough. I, the one thing about Chris Paul coming is. Um, uh, Steph Curry can't break your ankles if you're on Steph Curry's team. <laughs> this is true. You know, this is very true. Did you I believe I see the stuff theme. going around where uh, Curry Curry was saying, uh, not Curry, sorry, Draymond was asked in an interview. This is like three years ago. They go, "What do you think of Chris Paul?" And he's like, "I hate CP." And it's like talking about how he hates Chris Paul. He was saying that. Uh, I had to tell Steph that he rocks with you, but he really don't rock with you. He keeps you at arms arms length. You know, he gives you the stiff arm. And uh, yeah, it was, he's like, where I'm from, you know? Uh, so he was going off. It was three years ago, but I'm right. sure. And you know, the other point too is, you know, Draymond has his own little podcast and he's been awfully quiet, you know, and he posted a photo of him and uh, LeBron in oh, Paris and, Mm-hmm. You know, that caused a lot of, um, you know, will the Lakers or some team offer Draymond a contract to just knowing that Draymond isn't going to sign there, but just to try to fuck over the Warriors and, and jack up the price where, mm-hmm. you know, all teams do that, you know, all yeah. teams do that. Yeah, got to well, put my, your thumb my, on the scale a little bit. My favorite uh, tweet that I've seen with this whole CP3 and Curry thing is a. Uh, uh, it was saying that Steph Curry is the first NBA player to play with his son. And it was like pictures <laughs> of him and Chris Paul. <laughs> uh-huh. That's fun. <laughs> oh, I like that. That's cool. Um, Are there anything you something... guys want, you want to add to the Warriors stuff? Oh, um, Chris Paul uh, was actually asked about like, um, like, like th- there was a few years ago in the playoff game, like there's video of him, like laughing at something that Steve Kerr said and they turn around and just like, <laughs> And so they asked him about it, like, like immediately after the game, he said, that shit wasn't funny. So, um, you know, there, there's, a, there's definitely been a back and forth between Chris Paul and the Warriors um, for, a, for quite a while. And we've had the better, we've gotten the better of him in the most recent years, for sure. Yeah. So, uh, um, you know what, I don't, I mean, all like, fences are mended. I don't know what I, um, I mean, I can understand not liking a guy 
a not liking a player because he's on a, a opposing team in the playoffs and stuff. Mm-hmm. But the, there there are some fans who just like absolutely hate Chris Paul and hate yeah. this trade just because Chris well, Paul's on the team. It, it's because they asked Chris Paul what he thinks about the changing of guards of point guards. And like Steph Curry was the most prominent person because of who he what he was doing at the time. And Chris Paul came out and said, there is no change to the guards. I'm the best point guard out here. There's no one better than me. And that rubbed a lot of fans the wrong way. And then when Curry dropped his ankles and then finally they beat the Clippers in the playoffs, um, they asked Chris Paul again. And he was like, I'm still the best point guard. Like they got one, whatever, you know? So yeah, I think there was a lot of like cockiness that rubbed a lot of Warriors fans the wrong way. Yeah. So um, there, there's a lot of fences to mend yeah. uh, go over the next couple of months before we start seeing him in a Warriors uh, jersey. He might be assuming the first... he's not assuming he's not traded. You know, I mean, I mean first, I'm, uh, I'm a Warriors fan, but like, come, you know, I Curry does mean, sh- you know, shit too. Like the whole yeah, shimmy does. and, you know, <laughs> and the, the night, 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 like, come on. Like, he's a bit of a dick. Yeah. Like, yeah. You'd be pissed off if some motherfucker did that on the court to you. Yeah. Like if yeah, somebody no, I... dropped the three and went night, night, you'd be like, man, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be mad too. So, yeah, I, I don't know if Bogey got street. booed when he when he got announced as a starting player uh when his first game but um i for sure think chris paul will get booed as a, as you know if he gets announced in the starting lineup for whatever a game or something like that he'll probably be booed which will be entering the game chris entering the game chris paul what yeah. number does he wear three, three. is he's open wear three three yeah, is open three. <laughs> which I is mean, also Jordan what curry always rocking. says three is open <laughs> yeah oh man it's definitely going to be exciting to see, you know, um, what else they do and, you know, it, who, who knows what's going to happen, but it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. I don't know if I'm st- excited. I'm interested. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the interest meter is definitely up. I want to see Chris Paul run the second unit. I, I just don't want this like first round pick this Brandon kid. I don't want him to be a Nico Mannion. Like, what a waste of a draft pick that was, you know? Kids over playing in Italy. He might come back. He might. The Warriors still own the rights for him. We own his rights, so he might come back. Um, all right, guys, anything left on uh, Warriors basketball? I am good. I think, we, I think we got it. All right, Vince, I'm going to turn it over to you for our hockey bit. All right, so here we go. Uh, the Hockey Hall of Fame has announced their class of 2023. Uh, it's goalie heavy. They got three goalies in, uh, Henrik Lundqvist, uh, Mike Vernon and Tom, Br- uh, Barrasso. Uh, they were all inducted as well as, uh, Ken Hitchcock, Pierre Turgeron and Caroline Ouellette, who's, um, one of the greatest female hockey players around. They've started electing, uh, women into the, uh, into the hockey hall of fame about, uh, you know, like 15 ish years ago, 12, 15 ish years ago. Um, they can elect up to two, but basically outside of one year, they've only elected one each year. So that's, that's something that there's been like a little bit of chirping about, um, in the background, like why only one woman, there's plenty of deserving women. So, um, but Caroline Olette is in and, uh, she was phenomenal. Uh, she was like all over the, the Canada gold medals and stuff. So congrats to her. Congrats to Henrik Lundqvist, who was, you know, Rangers, great goalie, uh, Mike Vernon uh, was bounced around a bit. Uh, Ken Hitchcock bounced around a bit too, but like, ah, oh, just great careers. Um, and I, I don't have any complaints with this hockey class. Uh, so that's there's that. 
Pierre uh, Terzeron. I haven't heard that name in a really long time. I know, right? That's been a minute. <laughs> I saw that. I was like, wait, he's not in already. Um, I, I I think they said that um he was the he had the highest point total, career points total of any player that had not been elected into the Hockey Hall of Fame. He was better than a point per game for his entire career. So uh overdue. Uh, but he's finally is, in. Is Yomar Yager in it? Is he eligible for it now? I feel like I, I, I feel like he's been play- he played till he was like 65 years old. Yeah, <laughs> yeah um, I think he is in. Uh, let, let's, yeah. I, but I mean, I mean that I, being I, said, I mean, you know, the only pick in one women hockey is super pushing the barrier, you know. Yeah. Given that they're not even going to wear their warm up jerseys anymore. I know, right? So that was one of the points that I had here. Uh, teams are not wearing any special warm up jerseys of any kind next season. So, um, this is basically in response to like the the you know the handful dozen of players or so that didn't want to uh wear the uh the gay pride uh jerseys the pride jerseys um so they basically are taking all warm up jerseys off the table of all kinds so no uh hockey fights cancer jerseys no uh veterans night jerseys uh St. Patrick's Day jerseys um Mexican Heritage Night jerseys, like there's no no warm up jerseys of any kind. So instead of um, you know just standing up for something that is really very important, like the LGBTQ community is really under attack, uh, it, like in North America right now, uh, they're choosing the easy way out and just saying no, we're not doing it for anybody. Like they're taking their their warm up jerseys and going home. So um, yeah. it's not the decision I would have made. Um, clearly. I think everybody who's been listening for a while knows where I stand on a lot of these issues. So, uh, and where we stand. So it's unfortunate, um, but that's the decision they made. So you're just going to get a bunch of boring jerseys and then they'll do like for those kind of nights, whether it's pride or military appreciation or hockey fights, cancer nights or whatever the event may be. I'm sure that they're going to still do like the, the giveaways in person. Like, I mean, I've got plenty of uh, Los Tiburones, uh, uh, Latin Heritage Night shirts, you know, um, got plenty of those, got plenty of other ones, uh, just giveaways and stuff. So that's the route that they're going to take. That's their decision. And we're whatever. Um, so uh, uh, going to just switch gears a little bit. Uh, NHL awards are happening as we speak right now. And I keep refreshing this page to see if they announced uh, uh, the 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 Norris Trophy they have not yet. Um, Eric Carlson from the Sharks is up for that award. Um, they've announced some of the lower trophies. Um, uh, Maddie Benier is uh, your your uh, Rookie of the Year. That's the Calder Trophy. Um, like the uh, Vezina Trophy is uh, Linus Olmark uh, from. Uh, is, is that the uh, Blue Jack? No, no, no. It's uh, the Bruins. Sorry, uh, he. Uh, He's the uh, winner of the Vezina Trophy, which is the top goaltender. Um, there's a couple other ones. Uh, Lady Bing Trophy. That's like the um, the the uh, the offensive player who's like gets in the least amount of trouble, <laughs> and that's Andre Kopitar, <laughs> for lack of a better term. That's the that's the too long didn't read version of it. Um, Connor McDavid got the Maurice Richard Trophy. That's your top scorer. That was no surprise. Uh, that was yeah, the, the guy that scored the most goals. That's that's Don't that's basically me. awarded at the end of the regular season. So we knew that. So we're still waiting on the MVP. We're still waiting on the Norris. We're still waiting on Jack Adams, which is the coach of the year award. 
um, GM of the year. And uh, yeah, so we're just so what kinda... you're saying is that the Sharks head coach still has a chance. No, no, okay. no, he, he uh, they announced like the three finalists and then they'll like they, they do this big award show that's happening literally as we speak. So um, but those are like we just got the major awards left at this point. Uh, they're going to announce the schedule tomorrow. Uh, we got the draft coming up this week as well. And the Bruins have sent Taylor Hall to Chicago, um, you know, get a little scoring punch to um, to help with their, you know, soon to be uh, top draft choice. Um, fuck, why am I blinking on his name right now? Um, uh, but yeah, so uh, uh, fuck. Anyway, so so that's that's the uh, that's your update. That's your hockey update. No more cup date because the Stanley Cup is over. Um, it's just a regular old hockey update. That's what we got. Till next year. Till next year. No more Stanley Cup dates until uh April. You're talking next about year. uh I'm sorry, Connor Bedard. Connor Bedard. God damn it. That was gonna drive me nuts. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you know what? I knew and that. And Will Smith will be a Sharks. What? It. <laughs> will Smith will be a shark. That's that's who you're calling for the Sharks draft at number four? Yeah. Okay. Uh we'll see what happens. That's coming up later this week. I think Thursday. Um, so look, 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 look for that. And we'll discuss a little bit about, uh, who the sharks drafted next week and, or I'm going uh, back, yeah. back to San Jose. San Jose. <laughs> it doesn't quite work. Ugh. Okay. So there's your hockey update. I, uh, I'm spent. There we go. All right, Tyler, power me through this, uh, gold cup and, uh, some soccer. And, oh, uh, no, 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 no. Vince, get back in this driver's seat, my friend. Yep. All right. All right. <laughs> Stick right back in. I actually watched a couple of these cups, a couple of these games here. Um, So the Gold Cup, USA tied Jamaica 1-1. They actually got the tying goal in the 88th minute from Brandon Vasquez of Cincinnati FC. Uh, they were uh, – Team USA has only lost the uh, Gold Cup group stage round game once in their history um this draw like this last minute goal kept that streak alive so they're still only have I, lost one game that was like 2011 in the group stage i have so, a question for you is because we just went through the nation's cup right yeah why is it that because the gold cup used to be the premier cup to for you know world cup situations as far as getting into the world cup yeah this why is cup, yeah why is it that we're not bringing the A team for the Gold Cup, but we brought that, them for the? That is a good question. I wish I had an answer for you on that one. I honestly don't know why they're not doing it. I think, I think because they wanted to win the, the to focus on the Nations Cup more, so they sent the A the A team to uh, the the Nations Cup, and we, we're getting a lot of players from the uh, the under twenty squad uh, mm-hmm. playing in this Gold Cup. So uh, Gold Cup. So Cade Cowell, actually, from the San Jose Earthquakes, he actually got into the game in the uh, 55th minute. So he's one of the first guys off the bench uh, uh, for this squad, it looks like, which is great. He's uh, he's an immensely talented player uh, who provides a lot of scoring punch. And the San Jose Earthquakes miss him dearly right now because uh, they've lost two games this week. Uh, they lost at Houston 4-1, and then they lost the first loss at home this season to oh, St. Wow. Louis 2-1. They they had six wins and three draws uh, before, so um, so the Quakes are uh, they're they're missing that offensive punch right now, um, 
uh they they're right now they're seven wins, six losses and uh uh six draws and seven losses, excuse me. Um there I have to check the standings cuz I forgot to update that real quick. Stand stand by with me. Uh that's the one place I forgot to update. You standings. could say the Quakes are quivering. The Quakes ooh ooh hey, a little alliteration <laughs> there. Uh the Quakes are in 5th right now. They're in fifth place. Uh, it's still Houston, a playoff spot. Yeah, I mean they're they're technically tied for fourth, but Houston has a game in hand. Um, they are uh, minus three in goal differential, which is interesting. Uh, but uh, they're tied with Salt Lake, who is also has twenty seven points. Uh, but they're minus six goal differential, and Houston is minus one. Uh, so so that loss against Houston really hurt because um, that's a team that leap that just leapfrogged the Quakes. Yeah. standings so um but they're still in prime position for a playoff spot uh uh they're they only have one win in their last five games so it's it, two draws and two losses that's a you know you need to pick that up a little bit um so that that's there's your quakes update they, uh they got their next game is actually at stanford stadium it's the cali classico against the la galaxy on saturday the uh, july 1 um, they always do like a fireworks show after the fact, and it's a really well attended game. And I won tickets got... to that one time. Yeah, sat, yeah. sat right like right midfield, man. I'm Ooh, talking yeah. like three, two, three rows back, right mm-hmm. on. Like it was great. Yeah. Would you Would you guys say that's probably like the best seats if you were going to pick a place to sit for? A, I a thought it was midfield. Great. I would sit. I would sit midfield or close to midfield if you're going to any soccer game. Um, it was great if you're yeah yeah that, that's it's great when you're right there and you can see the the sweat off the guy's uh mm-hmm. brows and whatever that's cool i actually don't mind sitting up a little bit higher too because i get it you can get a little bit better view to see how see plays developing as you mm. go as well okay so. wonder kid i know right <laughs> <laughs> the shirt that i'm wearing under the sweatshirt is actually a ted lasso shirt it says more of a roy than a ted but um, <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, one other breaking, uh, not breaking, but like news uh, to mention, uh, USA is going to host the Club World Cup in 2025. So uh, a little bit of a tune-up event before the the um, real World Cup in 2026. So uh, a lot of these stadiums, I'm sure, will get uh, test-driven uh, for that yes. event, for the Club World Cup. So that's nice. And, and you have one other note here for Wrexham. Uh, yeah, uh, we're, Tyler, we're you just added that in. Let's go. What's going I on? I forgot here? to announce this, but we're back in the driver's seat, boys. Uh, League Two, we are starting August 5th, so you will get your uh weekly updates with Wrexham. Uh, most games are Thursdays and or Saturdays, so uh, should be fun. I think I'm what I'm most excited about is that some League Two games are actually on TV, so you can actually start watching some Wrexham matches, um, especially the bigger ones. I'm pretty sure the first one, which is against MK Dons. I don't know why MK Dons gets so much hate. I'll have to look this up, but a lot of people don't like the Dons. I don't know why. Um, anyways, I imagine that first match will probably be televised um, on August 5th, so uh, keep a lookout for that if you want to watch um, our what we feel is our A's across the pond of a of a, of a sports team, so excited i can't wait we'll see what they do for league two and uh see if they can move up to league one after this year yeah awesome wouldn't be the first time that's happened i mean and they're you know they're they're a very solid team i'm really looking forward to seeing how it develops as the year goes on um all right guys uh nfl we got the new york jets going to be on hbo hard knocks a, a team also not very happy uh to have a documentary crew in there 
Um, Wait, Rogers isn't happy? Oh my gosh. <laughs> I don't I I don't think I've ever heard of a team being happy about being featured on Hard Knocks. Maybe oh. that first year it happened, but then yeah, like they I saw they saw what happened and just how much in the way those cameras are. Yeah. Um, and the stories they're looking for, it's just yeah. Uh, yeah. It can be distracting. Um, Absolutely. I don't know any, I haven't heard of any team being too happy about it. Um, but I'll be tuning in. Uh, all right, guys, we're going to be away for two weeks. We're going to take a little bit of a break. Um, if anything happens with this A's though, with, with the A situation, yeah, we'll probably, definitely do an emergency. One. We'll definitely do yeah. a, a, an emergency uh, podcast and get you guys caught up on that and, uh, either mourn or celebrate. Hopefully we're celebrating a cell of a team. Amen. Amen. <laughs> so, so we'll see you back on July 10th. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll start doing the live streams again. Um, all right, guys, anything else you guys, yeah. uh, I, uh, I dry cleaned all my A's hats to put them in the box. Um, the so box. I'm, yeah, the box where all my A's shit is going. Um, so that, that box is pretty packed. Um, I think I need a second box and spread out the, uh, the box, the, um, the accoutrements and everything in there. So I got to get a second box to throw into storage and I'm hoping for some good news where I can unpack the box and put my jackets and my jerseys and my hats and bobbleheads and I can put all that shit back up. I would love that, but I can't do it. Not right now. Not while John Fisher is still in charge. Um, yeah. So I feel it's, you, man. it's unfortunate, man. I, I, I just, I, I can't do it anymore. And um, uh, you, I've seen a lot of talk about like other you know, people saying I'm going to stick with them. And here's my reasoning. I'm not sticking with them. Here's my reasoning. Just know that whatever you decide as an ACE fan is best for you. I support you wholeheartedly. Um, there is, I, I'm never going to question anybody's fandom. If there, if, if this is the line and you're drawing the line and you're saying you're done, like I am, that's totally understandable. And I respect that. If you're just willing to stick it, st stick it out and hang out with them and go, to Vegas with them. Hey, that's your choice. Um, I personally would am not making that choice, but I get it and I'm still going to respect you for it. And that's uh, just, just don't take it out on each other as A's fans. There. Absolutely. Yes. You know, that's, that that's the message I'm getting toward. So there Absolutely. we are. Any final thoughts, Tyler? I am good. Um, not much going on. So uh, I look forward to uh, maybe seeing you guys at the uh, next uh, uh, Bay bridge series. Absolutely. All righty, guys. I just want to shout out all everybody who was in the chat. Uh, Daniel, Daryl. Um, I think that was the only two that I saw quite a bit from. So shout out everybody who was watching and didn't get a chance to comment. We do appreciate you. And you made it to the end. Um, yeah. If you haven't already, if you don't know, if you just stumbled into our podcast, you're listening to the SVT Sports Pod. Subscribe to us on YouTube and hit the bell for alerts when we go so that when we go live, you're notified. Uh, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at SVT Sports Pod. Slide into our DMs, send us stories, comments. Uh, we would love to interact with you. And with that, we'll see you in a couple of weeks. Have a beautiful, safe, wonderful Fourth of July week. Um, we'll see you in a couple of weeks. Take care, everybody. All right, guys. Later.